Welcome to Eterna. Keep your dice rolling, your friends close, your monsters closer, and don't let the old gods bite. This podcast is an Eldritch Dream Games production. A dark fantasy Pathfinder game laced deep with cosmic horror. I would like to thank the patrons that make this possible. Brian Bridges, Brian Rafe, Donald Bewley, Eric S. Pat, Tim Demuse, Undead Fish, and Wesley Sullivan. Stay tuned after our tale to hear what these glorious people have in the works. But for now, let us listen. Last time on Dungeon Ball Z, y'all talked to Nina and discovered that, yeah, in fact, she doesn't want to fucking stay here. Then y'all slept and had a pancake eating contest. Let's go. What's next? (laughs) We're a horror podcast, right? Yes. The horror okay, podcast great. in which we contemplate opening our own in. Hey, the horror was that the pancakes were kind of tough. <laughs> and they were whole wheat. <laughs> oh my god! No, the horror was that brief second right before the pancake competition where those pancakes were unpeppered. Mm-hmm. The thought that Brock almost ate a pancake that did not have lemon pepper on it will haunt me for months. <laughs> This horror and more coming to you <laughs> right now. Riley goes to talk to Farini. <laughs> okay. After a short bit of looking, you find Farini. Was she just hanging out watching the pancake contest? No. Okay. No, you have to like leave and go okay. look for her. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. I mean, I, I don't know. Honestly, it's, I, I, it feels weird kind of saying this, but to make it quick, he just wants to touch base with Farini, make sure that she's all set for the expedition to uh, bring everyone back to, I think it was Thorn, uh, right? No, not Thorn. We're in Thorn. Back to... Gira. Gira, Gira. <laughs> just to make sure everything's on point, he did give her some money to um, fund the expedition and pay that one asshole who won like 25 gold. Um. So yeah, I mean, if she's all set, he'll inform her that that one asshole who wanted compensation for his services. Yeah, like a ridiculous amount of gold for his knowledge of the area, but whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, he'll also tell her that uh, he and his guild are planning to leave town probably within the next several hours. So, is there any final requests to make them quick? Uh, no, they are. She she is quite ready. Uh, she has the funds and has already purchased some uh, supplies and whatnot uh, for their travel. Perfect. Great. Um, then if she's all set, she'll just more or less inform her of uh, the guild's travel plans in case she's not going to stay at Gira or wants to seek him out for future employments or anything like that. And then he will uh, wish her the best of luck and depart. All right. Anybody else doing anything particular? Uh, I think me and Leaf are going to make sure Nina had proper stuff to uh, depart with. Did I hear shopping episode? You did Yes, not. Yes, you did. We're going to commit the next two hours to figuring out exactly what we can buy to solve every one of Nina's problems. We need to go in-depth on this. 
Make sure to get her a new outfit, too. Something really flashy. This needs to be on HGTV. Hmm. Yeah, like, I honestly have an excess of gold that I'm not spending on anything. I just need to dump, like, you know, several hundred gold into equipping Nina and turning her into an engine of destruction. Y'all go <laughs> to see Nina <laughs> and make sure she's equipped. <laughs> and we are not doing a shopping episode. <laughs> if there's anything in particular you want to get her, go ahead. Let it be known I'm making a sad face. It is known. Thank you. I mean, I would. Uh, I mean, Brock would just make sure she has like all of the basic travel supplies. You know, just adventuring 101 type stuff. Okay. And a dagger. <laughs> Riley will have mentioned to at least make sure she carries a dagger with her, just well, in case. At least a dagger. A boot dagger. Maybe she'd be comfortable with something a bit bigger. Whatever she's comfortable with, but Riley would suggest a dagger to start with. She's probably not accustomed to handling such uh, equipment, so to speak. She is proficient with one simple weapon, so pick one. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> oh. Give me the character I tried to make in Josh's campaign that just used cooking tools as weapons. Traveling kettle. Is that a simple weapon? It is. is it was like. Really? Yeah. Oh, man. Simple light melee weapon. Yeah, Sean, use lore to explain how she's proficient with that one. And a traveling kettle with boiling water inside deals an additional point of fire damage on a hit. Yeah, and it makes tasty tea. Allegedly. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> what? Crowling kettle? You've never heard of it? <laughs> it's, it's a monk weapon? Yeah, it's on the weapon chart. How have you, Sean, never seen this weapon before? <laughs> Anything can be a monk weapon know. if you're brave enough. That's true. It's not even third party, is it? <laughs> no, it's on the no. basic weapon list. Martial arts handbook. <laughs> Well, I think I have found a new character type. I need to find a character to use this. The kettle master. (laughs) It's gonna. It basically conceptually, I feel like it's gonna be like Uncle Iroh always drinking tea. Yes. And just somebody hops up on him, and he's just like, nah. Smacks him with a tea kettle. I make a stealth check. (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Oh my god. Sure. She's fucking proficient with the traveling kettle. Okay, fine. Not not a traveling kettle. Just let's let's make her specialize in sting chucks. <laughs> oh no. god. No. Oh god, no. Why give her would a proficient in sting chucks. Why? Just give her a bag full of moldy human heads filled with <laughs> bugs. <laughs> Thing is like sting chucks weigh like 10 pounds a piece, don't they? Uh, They're fucking they- not yeah, <laughs> We asked her what she wanted, and she picked these out. <laughs> she she picked out these decayed human heads. We thought it was weird, but we were like, "Hey, you do you." No, we're going. We're going with traveling kettle. There, there we go. Traveling kettle. Traveling kettle. Uh, yep, I can't wait kettle. till the first time she cracks that one out. 
You mean when you guys are shopping with her? I, I want her. Okay, the scene I want to hear is them asking her about why she wants to be equipped with a traveling kettle. Why that's the weapon she can use. Sean, go on. We're at the blacksmith, and they're just like sitting down, waiting for her to pick her weapon, drinking. No, you don't She's like, buy I want this thing one. as a fucking weapon. You buy it as a fucking kettle, and then you go, huh? This, thing, this would make a good weapon. No. I imagine this is how the scene would actually go. Is we would go, hey, Nina, we should think about getting you a weapon. You know, we said it's dangerous out there. And she goes, oh, no, I don't need one. I have this. And then she pulls out a tea kettle. <laughs> and we look at her and go, what? <laughs> and then she says, Sean. <laughs> oh, oh, wait. Shit. She fucking smacks Brock across the face with it, and it hurts. No, it doesn't. <laughs> Brock is completely unfazed. That thing does a decent of damage. How much DR do you have at the seven? Point. Fuck. You have DR seven? Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You feel like if you didn't cover yourself in really thick dirt, that it would have fucking hurt. Okay. Jesus. <laughs> what the fuck? I love it. None of this is my fault. I'm cleaning at the end. You equip Nina with fucking adventuring equipment. Uh, cloth armor because it doesn't have an ACP and uh, fucking you'll get her a dagger and amongst her adventuring gear which happens to be effective as a weapon is a goddamn traveling kettle in my notes I'm writing battle kettle so <laughs> that's fine good uh, Brock would ask and make sure if there's anything that she thinks that she needs and if so we will buy it for her anything she desires that's not generic e equipment uh, nothing in particular the generic equipment is quite a bit alright what a good shopping trip um, okay I will help Sean are you thank ready you. Yes. alright so after she has finished washing all the dishes and, and such and cleaning the tables and making sure the end's all nice and pretty, uh, she will go find uh, Floyd and Freedom and the Alkalites and make sure that they are getting prepared for the trip out of town, getting everything packed up and whatnot. They are well prepared. They're going with her to the Black Heat because they are also looking for the Alman. Yes. So they are well prepared. You are well prepared. Everybody's getting well prepared. And guess what, Brock? Maximilian Schilling, come to say goodbye to you. Well, I say goodbye to them as well. They, they. I wish them a uh, a safe journey back to. Uh, yes, he he will wish them a uh, a safe journey back to their home in Gira. And they. Who wish you safe travels and offer you additional thanks for, you know, 
making their lives a little less shitty, given the circumstances. Eh. No, no, no need for thanks. Eh. We really appreciate you making deals with the strange outer creatures to warp time in unforeseen ways. Yeah, it's no uh, big deal. It's just a Tuesday. It's just a Tuesday. But no, he, he would actually make sure that, like, Maximilian's good. There's still nothing weird going on with him or anything like that. No, everything seems normal. Everything seems normal. I appreciate how you say it like that. I do it just to make you wonder. Well, I would like to tell them that if anything goes wrong, they come find me. But I don't know where I would be, so... That's fair. They tell you that if nothing goes wrong, they will be in Gira. Uh, well, as soon as uh, as soon as this is all done with, uh, he would like to visit again under much better circumstances. They would like that. So you have your goodbyes, and they will they will be staying behind with the rest of the Girions, Girions, to uh, to return once that is ready to set out. And I believe there was something that uh, Riley wanted to make sure it happened before y'all left. Uh, <clears throat> if uh, you're referring to making sure that Riley and uh, Nina say farewell to Mr. Bourne, then yes, if you're not referring to that, then I might be forgetting what you're referring to. Well, that's what I was referring to. All right. Dope. Yeah. So um, I'm assuming that once everyone's uh, errands kind of wrap up, we'd all meet up back at uh, probably the stack dish where um, I'm assuming Nina was going to do it anyways. But if Riley gets back before her, he'll kind of go talk to Mr. Bourne first and then wait for her arrival. I guess it sounds fine. Well, she's on her way back from the shopping trip that never happened and the shopping episode that never happened <clears throat> and uh, so you are there first uh, what have you to say to Mr. Bourne um, ultimately Riley will tell Mr. Bourne that uh, he understands that the whole situation is probably difficult but he uh hopes to see this work out for the best uh, specifically for Nina and he hopes that Mr. Bourne will see that if not now but then in the future and she of course is in no safer company than the company of four uh, almost gods <laughs> he looks at you oddly at that statement Riley leans in a little bit and with like half a smile will say, Oh, you didn't know. I've been bestowed with powers from Caden Callion. Make me a diplomacy check. Sure. That is a 19. He, he kind of just like, like does that thing like, like, like that not really sure like slow nod. It's just like a uh, completely visual being like, okay. Riley stands up and we'll actually uh, go through a little bit of the spiel retelling what happens in Starlight, the events during the Cataclysm meeting with uh, Caden Callion and uh, 
what he's noticed about his own capabilities since then, being imbued with mythical powers. Make an oratory check. Yeah, I hope this is lower somehow. <laughs> it was 17. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds way too unbelievable. I totally get that. <laughs> <laughs> like, like everyone around is just a little bit like, huh? Like, they're like, good story, good story. But, huh? And uh, at that point, Nina arrives with Brox's and Leaf's in tow. Great. Wow. Uh, wow. Then uh, Riley will say, well, enough of me regaling you with uh, stories of my own life. I don't want to, to delay your meeting with your daughter. And Riley will uh, go over to talk to Nina to kind of bridge the gap between the two of them. So Nina enters. Has you know, there, there's a there's a few awkward moments. Yeah, she'll she'll walk across and they awkwardly stand there for a minute. Eventually she breaks the silence. She's like, I'm I I had a question for you. I I know it's you wouldn't come with us, would you? And, uh... And Mr. Bourne stands there, he's like, no, no, I don't, I don't think... I don't think that would be good for you, or... You need to have some place to come back to someday. And... I'll make sure that that's here. But I, Mr. Morheim, Miss Shadow, Mr. Goldrush, Leonard, and all them—they're—they're going to watch you. They're going to—they're going to help watch over you. Maybe, maybe you'll find what you're looking for out there. And I hope, I hope you do. And I hope that you come back happier and stronger than you are. And she like, she like goes around the counter and she gives him a hug. And they're both kind of like tearing up and whatnot. And he's like, so why don't you, you've got everything you need. You, you, you've got some food, you've got, and like, you know, he, he just kind of pesters her a bit. And, uh, she gives her a few things, some extra stuff for the road. And before, uh, kind of like, kind of being like he he's like oh, so you go on now before I change my mind is uh and, and you all got you keep an eye on her you hear or, or they'll be held to pay 
and he's he's sniffing, trying not to cry. You needn't worry, Mister Bourne. Of course. He just nods and pours himself a big ass drink. <laughs> Mr. Morham, do you want me to go ahead and uh, start scouting ahead of you? Uh, why don't we just make sure that everyone's gathered up, then once we reach the uh, outer limits of the town, then I suppose we can all get into proper traveling positions and move forth accordingly. Okay. But everybody is standing right here, so they are gathered. So then let's uh, walk to the edge of town as a group. <laughs> and then uh, you can scout once we uh, reach the perimeter. All right. So once outside, uh, Elias is present and uh, he speaks with Nina for a short amount of time. Uh, basically, the way to the western gate is uh currently clear of all of rat the rat guard and the human guards are supplementing that area for the moment uh until uh the group passes through to prevent nina from uh frenzying any of the were rats and so you make it to the edge of town elias uh, we'll be up on the wall giving you a farewell wave as you exit and the gates are closed behind you. Wow. Feels like such an accomplishment leaving Thorn. Man. I'm scared. Let's go back. Do you think so? <laughs> Maybe one more day? Oh, yeah. One more day. You mean two more months. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you know me. Great. Um, actually, uh, just as a uh, quick uh, thing before we left the tavern, I don't know, would mm-hmm. it have been possible to, if I can't use it with a mythic surge, maybe uh, using just uh, mana or whatever, to um, just as we're parting, maybe grab an empty mug from the bar and try to just conjure ale into it, kind of the way that um, from the cup that Caden gave uh, Riley way way back when, just as kind of a little little short nod, maybe a little bit of small proof that you know the story has a little bit of legitimacy to it for Mister Bourne. Hmm. 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 Says I. See, unfortunately, <laughs> I don't know what kind of mana you have. I think you have like the physical mana. See, the thing you need ale mana for that. Ale mana. Ale well, mana. I mean, I, I have universal mana, and everyone likes ale universally. So, <laughs> right, and the universal mana you're supposed to be able to, if you use enough of it, make it act like one type of another mana. Yes, you oh, can that's spend true. Three universal mana to copy a mana that you either have stored or your attuned mana, which currently I believe is the same for you. Right. Um, and while it's kind of outside the bounds of what might mana would normally do, since it's something so small, I will allow you to do that if you like. Uh, what was that? Spend three universal mana to conjure a mug of ale? 
Yeah. It'll be really, really, really good ale. I'll give it mm. that. Uh, you know what? Uh, Chris, the player, likes holding on to resources way too much for that. So I'm going <laughs> to let Mr. Bourne uh, either live or die by his beliefs in Riley. So... <laughs> <laughs> I was like, if you, yes, it's like if you wanna, sure. <sighs> Great. Great. Cut that out. Put that as patron content. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's going in the episode. <laughs> oh, no. So much patron content tonight. Yeah. So, yes. If, if there is nothing else in particular, uh, we can travel on. What is just a few hours, in all honesty, uh, to a small campsite at the side of the road. Whereupon, uh, the whole, like, there's a whole bunch of you looking for it, so I'm not even going to have anybody roll. There is a tree with an owl carved into it. Yeah, Shadow would get there first, scouting ahead. So by the time they arrive, she's probably just sitting up in the tree. Okay, you make me a perception check. Since it's I just you by your one. Uh, I rolled a 14. I get plus 11. Okay. So yes, you find the owl tree and are sitting in it when the rest of the group arrives. Hello, everybody. Oh, Shadow, it was you all along, the flying highwayman. Steal yourself, no. Oh. no, I cannot fly, but I can climb a tree. And do you see the pretty owl that's on the tree? Uh, it's a little bit dark. Let me get closer. Oh, yes, that one. I see. This is the owl tree, then. This makes sense. So the next step, Mr. Morheim, is you have to build a fire. On the campsite fire, you have to build a fire so that the owl knows we're here. Fascinating. Well, if everyone's prepared to meet a giant flying owl uh, again for most of us, then let us conjure forth some flames. Okay. Well, I do not make flames, so somebody else has to do that. Everyone just quietly looks at Leaf, just not wanting to say do it, but like kind of expecting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> F- fire's not Brock's thing either. Yeah. And at, at that point, he, he just kind of like rolls his eyes and then uh, does like a flaming sphere, I guess, and just tries not to light anything on fire. <laughs> you don't have to kill such a big spell for that. You can use something like spark. I think That's... druids get spark. Yeah, but I didn't prepare it. <laughs> you were with it. Just use a surge. <laughs> yeah, but you gotta understand a surge. Gives me any spell level. That's fair. Fireball! Cast fireball! <laughs> Leaf, Leaf, or, I thought we were just or, making fire. Or you could just use your survival I, I, to make a fucking fire. I cast wish. I wish that tree was on fire. <laughs> like, y'all can also just make fire the normal way. We are D&D characters. We never do anything the normal way. What is wrong with you? We were Pathfinder characters. Oh, I'm sorry. Right. You're right. It's <laughs> a fire. And there's everybody like gathers around, like sort of like half sets up things from camp. And uh, 
So you got the the silent the three members of the silent seven and some acolytes. You've got the Riley Morheim guild. Uh all sitting around this campfire. So a couple of hours pass. And go ahead and make me perceptions. Twenty-one. So four for a total of seventeen. Twenty-three. Twenty-seven. Everybody see everything. Alright. So uh Brock, I think, takes notice. It's still a little bit of a ways off, but you see a couple of stars like blink out for a moment. And you, you you train your eyes on that area and you see a few more blink out and return moments later as if something were passing in front of them. And then uh, you hear very faintly, very quietly the whooshing of feathers on the wind and the gentle rustle of grass underfoot. <clears throat> At this point, Riley, you would uh, end uh, Shadow because you got 21 too, yes? I got 23, but okay. 23. Okay. Uh, same for this purpose. Um, so, Riley and Shadow, you would notice uh, the sound of footsteps coming from just a tiny bit up the road amidst the trees. Uh, at that point, Brock would already be standing and just kind of looking that direction. When I heard footsteps, she would immediately uh, go invisible and ready her bow just in case. Yeah, uh, he would have just kind of said something like, uh, like as he stood, he'd have just been like, they're here. And just kind of looked off the direction he heard stuff, just so that way everyone would be aware that something was happening. Uh, at that mention, several people uh, stand and kind of turn. Does this person come into like the light at all, or are they still hidden by a shadow? Or- uh, um, are y'all just waiting until they get closer? No, the shadow is invisible. She's gonna go see who this sneaky person is. <laughs> all right, make me a stealth. Yes, I have the stealth too. As a note, I am having to kind of guess because I don't have access to the sheet, but... Okay, at a roll of 17, I get the plus 14 to my stealth. So that is a 31. So you mean a 51? Yes. (laughs) Because you're invisible. Yes, oh yes, I forget about that. No fucking idea (laughs) that you're there. Uh, You see a man... Uh, dressed in fine but uh, light flowing clothes um, he wears a mask and uh, has a kind of a tight fitted but a little you know fancy hat um, he wears uh, leather gloves has a rapier at his side and uh, he is approaching he does not have his weapon drawn but he is uh, he does look to be being perceptive so he does not look uh, all threatening and menacing? Uh, I wouldn't call him threatening and menacing. He is wearing like a mask though, so. So uh, she will get uh, behind him? About uh, 10 feet behind him? 
and okay. then uh, she will become uninvisible, and she will say, he "You still know, doesn't see." <laughs> yeah, but, oh. she, but when she become uninvisible, she say, "You know, it is very hard to know whether to trust a man who has a mask." He turns swiftly. His hand does float toward his uh, rapier, but he does not draw it. Ah, yes, and it's hard to trust a person who just appears behind you as well. Well, I am the shadow. It makes sense. Ah, but I don't know who you are. Are you the owl man? Uh, if that's what they're calling me now, I suppose. Okay, that is good because we are looking for you. Good, good. Yeah. Uh, the uh, members of the Silent Seven, they have been sent here by the Black Butterfly to offer you some aid, and the Mr. Mordheim wants to speak to you. Come again. Okay. Do you not do you not understand me so well? No, 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 no. The, the last part. What was that again? And Mr. Mordheim, he has a guild, and he is a very nice man, and he is very good with his little sword, and he said he wants to speak to you. I see. Do you know him? He talks a lot. Not per se. And he'll turn away from you. Still, like he's still like glance over his shoulder at you, but he will approach the rest of the group. Uh, and he makes a, like a quick two chirp whistle, and you'll hear from behind you. You'll hear some like large wings flapping of something taking off. <laughs> so. Like uh, so, as uh, as like everyone's kind of just waiting for the the meeting to actually happen, and um, Riley will just kind of lean over to Brock and just. I mean, all of that was very audible. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so like even a little bit before then, throughout that conversation, um, Riley's still going to lean over to Brock just a little bit and say, "Okay, now if things go south, I want you to keep your rock throwing hands free. Get ready. It's time to prove yourself. Just remember that." Thank you. Yes, just saying, if we need to fight, Brock, I expect great things from you. Mr. Like Mordheim! <laughs> oh, I'm being called. You're saved, Brock. <laughs> I found the element. <laughs> and at this point, uh, just stepping into the light, of course, uh, Leaf and anyone else with low light vision would see him first due to the uh, light being cast further for you. GG. Um, but, uh, or and dark vision would pick him up at roughly the same range, a, a little bit closer. But, um, he steps into range, uh, and it is indeed the flying highwayman. He's wearing slightly different clothes, he does I would he appears so. to have a change in outfit, but uh, still wearing his mask, uh, and still armed, though not at the ready. He seems to be scanning, uh, scanning the crowd quite vigorously. Look, as Mr. Marheim, you have to come and do the introduction. Yes, yes, planning on it. Riley will uh, step forward and say, um, "See any familiar faces, Mister Highwayman?" Uh, go ahead and make me a sense motive. Mm. 24. He he looks at you and he has like a short exhale of breath. Not not quite a sigh, but uh 
obviously he seems mildly uh, disappointed in something or kind of dismissing something. He's just like, ah, yes, I do seem to remember you. I don't suppose you've come to pick a fight. Not really, to be honest. We've heard great things about you within the region uh, as of late, considering all that's going on uh, within towns, outside of towns. Uh, you seem to be hailed as something of a local hero to some degree. Oh, well, that's good. I, yes. I think they're still not fond of me and Stormbluff. So, I take it you're coming from the other direction. Yes, yes. We've uh, most recently come from Thorn. Mr. Morhide, you are being impolite. You did not do the introduction. Well, technically, Shadow, we were kind of already introduced at a blade's length many uh, some time ago. So you have introduced yourself and your your companions to the man property then? As uh, intimately as one man can introduce oneself to another. Well, at this point, I only know your last name. Yes. Well, uh, Mr. Highwayman... I am Riley, Riley Morheim, a.k.a. Guildmaster Morheim of the Riley Morheim Guild, formerly known as the Riley Morheim Company, son of Verrett and Allery Morheim, heart's kin. Stop. To Vic- but okay. I wasn't finished. No, with no, 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 no. I, I, I have DM like- telling you to stop. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> when you say Verrett Morheim, yes. his face fucking falls. Yes, all goes according to out of game plan. <laughs> but yes. Continue. Uh, uh, let's see. Heartkin to Vic. Well, actually, does he notice? Uh, let's see. I think an 18 on the die. So yeah, he's going to slow down a little bit when he notices the uh, excessive reaction to mentioning of Riley's father's name. And he'll just say, Heartkin to Victoria Renwalt's her. I'm sorry. Did something I say upset you? Uh, no, no. Con- continue on with all this. It's rather entertaining. He like changes his his, his face back up to something uh, a little more chipper. Uh, it, it, in quick response, but uh, you can tell that it wasn't something he meant to be seen. Uh, Riley will nod and say. Um... Oh, well, fine. I do hate to be interrupted during these things. Her Royal Majesty, Majesty, patron of the Blackfish Tavern, rival of the Flying Highwayman. He kind of just narrows his gaze slightly. Twice Slayer and Nemesis. He, he like of, does a half bow. <laughs> that's great. Uh, twice Slayer and Nemesis of Blackkeep Commander Mansfield, survivor of Starlight and champion of Caden Callion. Definitely not a were-rat, savior of Gira. At your service, so man. There's two points where his head cocks in confusion, and it's twice Slayer of Black Keep Commander Mansfield, and definitely not a wear rat. He's just like, huh? Mr. Morheim, you need to make a small amendment here. Uh, uh, yes. Yes, friend and ally to the Silent Seven. <laughs> he jots it down in his journal. Yeah, yeah, he like pulls out his little uh, journal and just like scribbles it down. And nods and says, yes, no, that sounds good. That kind of rolls off the tongue. That'll be a nice addendum. Thank you, Shadow. <laughs> and uh, Riley will gesture towards everyone and um, 
go about doing introductions, uh, introducing his guild, Leaf, Brock. Um, he's not Shadow's part, not technically part of the guild yet, I guess, just an associate. So he'll let right. her do her introductions and introduce her allies. Um, and I'm assuming this will take several minutes from start <laughs> to finish. Right? <laughs> Probably. There's a lot of talking at the Highwayman from, from Riley and Shadow. Yes. All right. Uh, do, Shadow, do you want to verbalize any of this or just? Um, she would introduce herself as, uh, she'd say, I am the Shadow of the Black Butterfly, High Priestess and Invisible Blade. This is uh, the Freedom and the Void, Priest of the Black Butterfly. And or alkalites, and she would go through their whole names. I'm not gonna do all that. Uh, do you know the butterfly? I can't say that I do. Uh, well, not, not horribly. Freedom, I think freedom I've has uh, been sent. Yes, but she is uh, akin to the Desna. You know the Desna? Her I know of. Well, they are. Think of uh, she is the shadow of Desna, but they are very good friends. Think of them like sisters, okay? Easy enough. Okay. So she has sent the freedom to offer you aid for the refugees because uh, we are in the uh, the, the uh, practice of uh, helping people. Well, I would greatly appreciate that, although it would seem that you're in the wrong spot for all of that. This is a place for people to get helped. But that aside... Yes. But I that is between am... you and freedom. That is not my business. <clears throat> Very well, then. I am known as the Flying Highwayman, or my friends call me Rousseau. These are not proper names. I cannot call you by these things. Well, my dear, I'm sorry, but that's all I can give you for the time being. Perhaps once we get to know each other a bit better. I shall literally call you Mr. Elman. Very well, then. Mr. Warham, you must explain to the man that I cannot be calling these, these, uh, these, these familiar names to people that I am not very well. I, in fact, <laughs> insist, madam. But uh, why do I listen to you? I do not listen to you. That is not the way it works. I wouldn't have it any other way. Now, I suppose you're all here to be led to the Black Keep. Actually, Mr. Morheim and Mr. Gotteresh and Mr. Leonhard already know where it's at. They do not need leading. They just said it would be impolite to show up unannounced. This is mostly true, yes. We said this has something to do with that Mansfield fellow. It's a long, complicated story involving traps and apparently time travel. Perhaps we'd like to relocate to somewhere more comfortable and share some stories this evening, Russo. Perhaps there's a few more stops along the way. Places that are perhaps a little less out in the open. And yes, there were several uh, triggered traps that we had to cover up. And uh, several more. So, that makes sense. Yeah, so you, you probably found out about the murder hallway, right? Uh, 
I take it you mean the one full of uh, broken scythe and axe traps? Y yeah, yeah. I mean, there were a lot of traps when we went through, unfortunately. Mr. Yes. Mara, your, your guild explored this place all by yourselves. You must be better than I thought. I mean, we stumbled through there, uh, triggering traps about half the time. I am very impressed. Well, you should be, and thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, uh... You, uh, then, uh, if you don't have anything in particular, uh, for the moment, he will, in fact, lead you along to another campsite a little bit off the road, but, uh, it, it seems to have minor, I wouldn't call them fortifications, more like warning systems scattered all around. Uh, this is our first stop. Uh, if anybody needs sleep uh, for the night, we can stop here. Next one's about two hours uh, from here. I, I do have a question. You were supposed to be the owl man, but I did not see the owl. Where is the owl? <laughs> uh, Winnie is flying around. But she, I want to see the owl. <laughs> they told me it is a very big owl. I want to see. This is a very big owl. Tell you what, when you can refer to me as Rousseau, you can see Winnie. Deal? It, that is not fair, because <laughs> you are a human, and so I must call you Mr. Something or Lord Something, not the first name. You shall uh, call me no such thing. So, I, as advocate of nature, would like to uh, see if I can make like a handle animal check to mimic the whistle to call the owl down. Uh, go ahead. Yes. Yeah, so uh, I haven't had to use this in a long time. Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> Whistling? No, the, the green empathy thing that I've got. It's a d20 plus druid level plus charisma modifier. Oh. So seven. Yeah, green eight. empathy works on plants. Uh, is it only on plants? I believe so. I believe that was uh, one of the trade-offs with the change. Can use this ability to influence an animal, but takes a minus four on the check. Oh, okay. So uh, you might cross-check it with your handle animal to see which is higher than. Okay. Uh, my handle animal is a plus eight, so I think that that the handle animal beats it. So let's try it. Okay. Oh, that's a two for a ten. Bummer. Yeah, no. It, it was so funny because, like, it, it did that thing where it nudged and it was like natural 20. No. Yeah. So, like, to, to your average person, it sounds quite identical to the whistle he made earlier, but, uh, you would, you would well know that all many animals have a keener ear for such things and Rousseau would turn and be like you're not the first person to try that well uh, I might be the first person to succeed and then if, I mean he's, he's just gonna keep like trying at the whistles <laughs> disappointed in himself 
I'm going to make an intelligence check. Oh, so it's like I don't, I don't need like a reroll or anything. Uh, that was a 15 plus one for a total of 16. I think you can't remember exactly how it was, but when he called his owl to him before, like during the fight, it was a different whistle. <sighs> like the, the different whistles mean different things. So even if you were to succeed that like you imagine that the current command that you were trying to copy is probably something along the lines of patrol or watch. Well, he just he just kind of sighs. He's well, uh, do you mind if I, I cheat at this little game very briefly? And he gives him just like a coy smile. Well, that would depend entirely on the game and what you're doing to cheat. And then he'll just shout out and Sylvan, excuse me, Mr. Owl, would you mind uh, joining us for a moment? And uh, he's he's got like tongue of nature or whatever. Yeah, you've got uh, the thing that lets you talk to handsome animals. <laughs> they could be handsome too. I don't know. Um, Wait, what? You, you said it, like it handsome. sounded like handsome animals. Yeah. yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> I was just trying to say animals, but I was tripping over the fucking word. Handsomals. <laughs> um. So, uh, make me a diplomacy check. Oh, my specialty. Omewa mo friendaru. My friend. (laughs) That's a 15 on the dice plus 10 for a total of 25. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. Uh, That may be the one line I am most proud of forever. (laughs) I'm proud of uh, it for you. That was great. So 25. So uh, indeed, uh, you will hear a whooshing sound and the shaking of a branch and a large dark figure lands in a tree nearby, um, still partially obscured by the branches, but definitely weighing on the branch that it alights on. Oh, Mr. Uh, Gothras, you are my hero. Look at the beautiful owl. Yeah, he'd just give the owl like a little curt, like half bow and uh, say, we were making friends with your companion uh, and we heard how majestic, or Shadow here heard how majestic you were and uh, I I thought I might call you down for introduction since you flew off once we arrived. You know, again, in Sylvan. You can talk in ways that I understand. Hmm. Strange. And she, like, preens herself. Well, you were talking to the Chosen of the First Tree whilst you stand amongst his branches. She kind of, like, lets out, like, a hoot, but it's kind of like a, like a, hmm? Like, not understanding. It's fine. Just know I am an advocate of nature, and uh, we're here to uh, ply ourselves. You look like barbecue! No, I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) No, like, Grey Grey Malkin is, like, puffed up in in uh, in box and, like, growling (laughs) because 
cats and owls uh, reverse that predatory um, stereotype. Like cats and dogs and cats and cucumbers and cats and other cats. <laughs> Goddamn cats. <laughs> Mr. Golter Stiller, she's very beautiful. My friend says you are quite beautiful and uh, merely wish to admire you from a distance. Thank you. Russo takes good care of me. I'll make sure he knows. Thank you for your time. Uh, may I ask your name? Russo calls me Winifred or Winnie. Thank you very much, Winnie. Uh, I suppose we might see you soon uh, once we get back to camp. Once we get to camp, I guess. And uh, then he, he just turns to uh, to Russo. I imagine like everybody else is just hearing like, ah, ah, woo. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, he just turns and uh, pats the, the, uh, <laughs> the, the fellow on his shoulder and says, um, it, it, it seems the owl is quite fond of you. Uh, you treat her well when he says thank you. You're welcome, Winnie. <laughs> I suppose you're one of those uh, druid types, then. I do walk the green path. Huh. Do you not see the big walking tree that follows him around? Oh, yes. It was smaller the last time I saw it. Uh, this should have been the first other clue. strange things. I don't aim to assume. What he is the... also the smart one of the group. That is what they tell me. Ah, you see then. Yes, the tree. No, <laughs> you. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I mean... The tree is rather quiet, and they say <laughs> that sometimes uh, wise people speak little. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Mr. Morhang. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I wasn't listening. I was having a chat with Nina off to the side while, while we did all that hooting. <laughs> all done. Were you talking about me? Oh, with the Mr. Alman here, he just informed me that the uh, wise people, they do not talk. Oh. Well, I'm glad that I can stand here as living proof that that's incorrect. Oh, good. I was starting to worry. I as well, <laughs> though there are uh, some times when it's best to keep quiet. I don't think this is necessarily one. I so, would agree. Are we all fit to continue traveling or... More party tricks. Or shall we rest? Well, hold on one second. Let me ask God. Sean, how long have we been traveling for today? Like four hours. Oh, yeah. Let's keep going. (laughs) Uh, The party is fairly fatigued. We can stand at least two more hours of travel, if not slightly more, I think. All right. Then onward. And he turns around, points at a few things and kind of like wiggles his finger as if deciding is like this way. So as we travel, one of the things that I think Riley wants to do is just like bring Brock in the close proximity of the flying highwayman and to just like see how much 
the highwayman remembers of Brock during the fight, if anything. <laughs> like, like just asking him about him? Well, like you you remember our other ally, Brock. He was there when we last met some time ago. Of oh, course was, you do. Was 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 that you? I, I thought I remembered a, a dwarf falling behind. Uh, my apologies for... I don't see that well in the dark. Uh, so that's my bad. Apologies. Uh, Brock, was it? Uh, yes. Brock, and uh, I understand the confusion. I, uh, I am technically of dwarf blood. So uh, the confusion I'm, is not one that gives offense. I'm familiar with uh, to some degree of those of planar persuasions, though I don't know many of the details. Oh, well, uh, I am one that that has earth that runs through my uh, my blood. My bloodline has has been blessed with the gift of earth. Filthy mud blood. No. Um. <laughs> okay, he's getting a spike. <laughs> uh, might you have been the one uh, that hit me with a spiky rock. <laughs> Riley covers his mouth and just just holding back a little bit of a chuckle. Because um, you did hit him once. Did I? <laughs> yeah, I you hit him you once. <laughs> uh, um, yes, that that does sound like me. That is, <laughs> that is something that I would have done. <laughs> No ill will. Uh, you have a hell of an arm, sir. Well, un- unfortunately, at that time, I was uh, not as trained in actual combat. I have, uh, I have committed myself to training harder and hopefully have a better arm now. Well, it certainly wasn't shoddy the first time around, but these times have pushed a lot of people. Oh. I suspect your uh, advancements will come in handy in the coming days, weeks, months, years, what have you. Um, I would hope so. Though it would be best that my abilities not be needed. Of course, it's all we can ever hope for, but rarely is the world ever in such a state. It's simply worse now than it was before. I suppose that is one way to look at it, yes course my focuses have shifted some since everything has gone quite mad around here but uh it's my help was needed elsewhere so so you have decided to stop thieving from the uh, traveling folk well i tend to thieve from those who have far too much uh for giving far too little and try and give back a little to those who deserve and or need it. Well, I cannot say that I agree with those methods. Few would. Hence why I worked alone. Save for Winnie. What about you, Riley? Do you agree with these methods? Of taking from the rich and handing out to the poor? 
Yes. It's interesting in concept, I think, to explore. Um, however, in practice, we did witness you trying to steal from a very well-meaning elf uh, who later, later hired us for various expeditions, in fact, to clear out the Black Keep. And he was not a bad person, as far as I could tell. Certainly not uh, worthy of being stolen from. In fact, he had a museum. He was a collector. I'm actually aware of this. Um, and I must thank you for running me off, actually. As I targeted one cart too far back. A miscalculation on my part. My uh, information was good. My... Uh, Counting skills were thrown off, I suppose, by a last-minute addition to the caravan. Okay, out of game, I feel like he's being sincere, but in-game, I would like to roll a sense motive just to sure. get a gauge on how sincere he actually is. Sure. Uh, and that's a nat one for a nine, so I'm going to go with, yeah, he sounds totally sincere. Riley totally buys into it. So it was complete miscalculation. Our entire... Inc- well, we probably would have still tried to fend you off regardless. That's fair. And you likely still would have succeeded. Well, But nonetheless, I did end up targeting the... Uh, the wrong cart. And so, in the long run, good thing that you did. I suppose if we ever encounter Clint again, we'll have to pass along your apologies. I would appreciate that. Also, yes. uh, make me intelligence checks. Ooh, tasty. Uh, Brock, you can too, since you're adjacent. 19 plus one for 20. Six. 15. Okay, so Brock and uh, Leaf, uh, you both figure that that last minute addition was you. Oh, yeah, <laughs> obviously. So what was it that you were trying to take? A uh, merchant mogul out of Storm Bluff. Far too much money for his own good. Terrible conditions for his people. Trades in barely licit goods. Uh, Controlled substances. uh, Magical medicines. Things of that nature. Charges far too much for them. And also sells them in such a way as to further a unhealthy reliance. So, I was trying to steal those to both redistribute more meaningfully and to uh, acquire any such funds that might be redistributed back in Storm Bluff to the working class. Noble enough as thievery goes? I have little need to keep much of anything for myself and all of you can go ahead and make knowledge nobility and or uh, sense motives at this point (sighs) sense motive of 12 okay do you have nobility no I almost had a rank in it this last level up but I took it out to put it in something else (laughs) Ah. yeah I got an 18 nobility or sense rules. Uh, sense motive of 13. Sense motive. I don't have a Okay. Uh, Leaf? Leaf got a 22. My rules are sick tonight. Was that sense motive or nobility? 
because I know you have all motive, the knowledge. Please skills. do the do the nobility too. No. Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> Why well, turn a, down an extra? That's the thirteen nobility. Thirteen nobility. Okay. So uh, you would feel uh, from your sense motive that he is being genuine, and uh, and your knowledge nobility mixed with your sense motive kind of like susses out from the way he talks that he while he is relaxing in the way he talks he was probably brought up speaking very properly uh making him likely upper class all right i mean i'm not just gonna call him out oh look at rich boy over here <laughs> really but that's so leaf to just call him out and say look a rich boy over here you think huh. you're better than me punk <laughs> watch out fellas leaf leaf is angry again everyone take cover leaf, oh no man. there's two boxes it's box and crate run box. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, but so if we're traveling and just kind of shooting the shit, uh, just to carry on the sort of, uh, I guess, uh, ethical debates, Riley will say, so Brock, having heard all this, you, uh, even think that corrupt men with all their earnings taking from various sorts are worthy of holding on to their goods and that this fellow here shouldn't liberate them of some wealth to distribute to people more deserving. I suppose it is an arguable, arguable uh, goal, but I still do not think that that is the right way to go about doing it. Well, how would you do it? Or how would you like to see it done? Hmm. Well, I would like to see possibly, you know, speaking to the man, and understanding his reasons for doing what he does and seeing if those can be changed have him change his ways willingly rather than having things stolen from him. But how often do you think that's actually plausible to accomplish? Well, more often than if you never try. Riley just kind of holds up his hands. Yeah, (laughs) Can't argue with that statement at the very least. A fair point, Brock. And I can't say that I've never tried. Uh, I have, in fact, on occasion. Some people are just... Unfortunately, not all people are as good-natured as yourself. I think it is not any of your places to judge this man and his actions. It is something that must uh, rest on his own heart. And if he is doing good in the world and he is comfortable with the way he is doing it, then it is nobody else's place to judge. I like this lady. <laughs> Riley Shadow, Lola. was it? Yes, I am Shadow. By my word, Shadow, you will call me Rousseau one of these days. One of these hours. This is not the likely thing to happen. Hmm. And why is that, Shadow? You said it was because I was human before. Yes, that is a reason. There is uh, the normal races, yes, that are everywhere, and uh, human is one of them. Uh, and, uh. Common, yes. Yes, then, and there are the elves and, and the, the uh, halflings, and you know all of them, yes. And they're everywhere, and uh, they, most part, they do not, uh, they do not like people 
that are different and they are very hateful. And if you have to speak always with the uh, proper titles and the utmost respect in order to protect yourself. It's very unfortunate that you've led a life that pushes you to such odds and opinions, Miss Shadow. But I suppose if I can do anything for you, it's perhaps allow you to see that not all of us are a great big bag of dicks. I know this already. Mr. Morhaim and uh, Mr. Volkerash and Mr. Leonard, they are all very, very nice people. Then why not call them by their names? Because, okay, we go to a town, yes? And yeah. in this town, there may be bad people. And uh, they hear me talk to them and be uh, too familiar. They will get upset and they will come after me. So give them a quick sw- a swift kick in the balls. Well, no, it is not nice to hurt people. And uh, It's so- not nice to hurt people, but they are going to hurt you. It's perfectly well in your defense. Well, only if they could catch me and they probably cannot. So, but it is better to avoid the fight altogether. Sometimes you go to town and they say, no, you cannot stay in this part of town. This is only for normal people. And the people like you have to go over there. So you just go. It is much easier. It's awful. And I see it many times. It is awful. I've seen it many places and many times. But it's not the way that things should be. Wouldn't you agree? And he, like, motions to the rest of them. It does not matter how things should be. It matters how they are. Uh, But you can change things. One way or another. I have enough stuff to do. I cannot uh, take time to stop in every town and try to fix it. Uh, because it is a problem that has always been and it will be for a long time and I have more important things to tend to yes there are many things in this world that obviously should be different but I think that just as Shadow has advocated for us not to judge you for your uh, thievery that it's not really worth judging her for how she chooses to speak and address others oh no I offer no judgment upon how she speaks, I'm simply insisting that eventually she will call me by my name. Perhaps, but that is her choice to make. Absolutely. At least that is my and standpoint. I will vote it at every opportunity. And that is your choice to make. <laughs> and Riley laughs just a little bit. Just be careful. Push her too far and she might kick you in the balls. That is a risk I'm willing to no, take. No, that is not uh, how I fight, Mr. Morgan. I just uh, sneak up when you do not see me and I hit you with the sight and it is all over. Now that's a bit more intimidating, frankly. But, still, I shall gamble. Uh, (laughs) And he turns around and just marches on. (laughs) Mr. Morham, you should tell him about Miss Victoria because you said she is a very smart and beautiful woman. Yes, perhaps in time. Uh, I feel like we're in the uh, stage of getting to know the uh, highwayman, Mr. Russo, uh, where we're just sharing. But uh, how is somebody supposed to ever get to know you if they do not know your heart? 
Oh, uh... <clears throat> this woman, she is your heart. I can tell. It is, uh, true. And, uh, Riley will, uh, in, like, marching formation, move over to, uh, Shadow a little bit and maybe, like, uh, drop his pacing slightly just so that, like, he and Shadow can, like, get a comfortable distance to talk, even though both of them are rather loud when they talk. <laughs> um, but he will say, I'm, uh, truth be told, Shadow, I'm waiting to discuss some things with uh, Russo here, as I think he might have some rather intimate connections with my father, and it's something I'd like to talk to him on a personal basis, and I don't necessarily feel like bringing Victoria into this until I know who he is. Yes, okay, you need to keep her safe. In a way. That is... This man knows your father? Uh, I've received information that suggests as much. Your father, is he a nice man? Yeah, he was one of the best. He is gone? Yes. Yes. I am sorry. As My am papa I. is gone too. He's then. been gone the 14 years now, so... This is a sense of loss you and I share together. That is the reason that my brother... Th- uh, sorry, you cut out at the end. That is the reason my brother took care of me. That makes sense. It's, he is, um... He is older. Do, do you not have uh, these siblings? At all? No. When... I lost my father. I obviously grew closer with my mother, but I think it played a part in why Victoria and I ended up together. Just a sense of comfort and companionship. She is your only family now? My mother passed as well, uh, not too long ago. So from my homelands... Victoria is the closest person I have left. Okay, well, you be family now. Uh, me <laughs> and Dresden, we will be your brother and sister. <laughs> Riley laughs a little bit and says, um, Yes, yes, of course. Uh, that's perfectly fine. Feel free to add Morheim onto the end of your names if you wish. So, forever and ever now, if you need something, and you do not know what to do or the doctor, you can find us and we take care. Well, truth be told, Shadow, pretty much everyone we're traveling with is as close as uh, family to me. So, trust me, I get it. Because nobody should be without family. You know Freedom? He adopted me. He, he and his husband, they adopted me. So I have two new daddies now. Twice as lucky. Yes. So, maybe he can adopt you too. He's a very good man. I don't know if I'll, uh, I necessarily need adoption, but I certainly won't say no to an extended family. But there are many of us, so now you know. You have lots of family. Well, if I join all you folk, do you need to change your name to the Silent Eight? Well, no, but you could come to the temple and uh, anytime you want, and there's places for people to come and to stay and whatnot. 
and you eat with us and and everything and it'll be just like a big happy family with uh many people so about 50 people there well i'll tell you what shadow that sounds absolutely wonderful so once we eventually find victoria i would love nothing more than for her and i to come visit your temple and have a nice feast with uh the extended family that will be fun and then when you two get married and you have little cute babies you can tell them that i am the aunt shadow and I will spoil them. <laughs> I wouldn't have it any other way. And I'll tell you what, if you're lucky, we'll bring honey cakes to the family feast. That would be wonderful. We should invite Mr. Goldthrush and Mr. Leonhard to come play with the, you know, the family too. I agree. Once all this crazy God stuff is done and the world is saved thanks to all of us, that sounds like a plan. Okay, you go tell them that they are the family now. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Meanwhile, yes. uh, Russo did approach uh, Brock and Leaf. Uh, and he, he just kind of walks up and was like, by the way, uh, Back, back then, you know, during the fight and all. Once again, no hard feelings. No hard feelings, Brock. He pats you on the shoulder. Uh, <coughs> uh, wasn't there another one with you? Uh, someone slinging lightning? I remember white hair. And actually, there were more. Um, let's see. Honestly, a kid and someone else, someone with a cloak. Yes, there were several more that are no longer with us. Is there something we can tell you? I was just wondering if they were well or if, well, you know, all this had gotten to them. Last I've seen of two of them, they were doing fairly well. One, I have no idea. Well, I guess suppose with the two, if you happen upon them, uh, send them my well wishes. Uh, the other one, I guess the same if you happen to find them. Yeah, the jerk on the O that attacked us a while back <laughs> just wants you to know he wishes you well. <laughs> <laughs> also, Commander Mansfield sends his regards. Really hope you guys agree with okay. He knitted you this sweater. <laughs> I also recall getting hit by something rather shocking. So uh, I was wanting to pass on my uh, respects to whoever hit me with that. Do your old friends have names? Yes. Yes, they do. <laughs> right. I can see there's some tension, some awkwardness about all of this. All right. Forget I said anything. We he don't like finger we don't guns. Speak and, it of them. <laughs> he like finger guns and walks away. <laughs> all this animosity. Huh. Okay, so 
I'll continue on a bit uh, longer. Riley has to inform Leaf and Brock That's that right. they're invited to the... You are now invited. <laughs> yes. Cordially? Uh, formally and cordially. Oh. Yes, yes. We have big plans for once all the uh, god stuff is finished and the world is saved. I'm always down for a feast. So, how much further is it to this Black Key place? Because you were making me walk slow so that I can stay with everybody. And this is, like, so boring to watch. (laughs) We won't get there tonight, but uh, just through here and he uh, he walks through a bush and you hear the clanking of one of these alerting, like these noisy alert systems. Uh, And he, like, legs up over it. Uh, just through here is camp. Uh, given the amount of time you we've been traveling today, this would be a good place to stop. I think. Okay. Agreeable. Setting up camp montage. Sean, put in some good music. In, in post, please. In yeah, post. I said. <laughs> <laughs> uh, human music. <laughs> human music. My organs are my instruments. Mm. <laughs> Sean, don't make me come in there. I don't know what just happens. <laughs> um. Oh, so, patron content. Gotcha. Jesus. So. So. Uh. They all set up camp. And Riley, is there any point at which you would not be particularly close to everybody else? Um, I don't know, that doesn't sound like Riley. He takes bathroom breaks. <laughs> the answers I want to say the answer is yes, only because he wants to see if Russo stabs him to death. If you if you take your watch, you will be by yourself. No, that's true. Yeah, uh, probably during a watch. Then I mean, we have a ton of people. So what are the chances that only one person is going to be taking a watch? Uh, actually, we could do it like this. Why don't uh, assuming this is something to set up with the with Russo, we can just conveniently have the two of them offer to take watch at the same time. Sure. So you're like, I'll take watch, and the nurse is like, I'll take watch too. Sure, or vice versa, or they say it at the same time. Whatever is weird. <laughs> Whatever is weird. As you say, I'll take, and he says watch, and you look at each other deeply, and it's like, we're finishing, and he's like, our own, each other's <laughs> sentences. <laughs> we're finishing our own sentences. <laughs> oh, yes, that is how talking works. <laughs> And they say I'm the dumbest one. <laughs> so, Sean, before I forget, because I've forgotten to bring it up a couple of times, while we were walking, probably while Russo was conversing with maybe Shadow or whatever, if uh, Riley used the Heartseek lockets to uh, detect alignment, mm-hmm. what, do, what does he get off of uh, Russo? In, in what means does he detect alignment? Um, I think it's only... Align, opposed, specifics, all three. Let's uh, see what the specific wording is. Uh, Lesser detect alignment around self based on my loyalties. Okay, so the way uh, uh, 
detect loyalties works is or detect alignment works is you can pick one loyalty Mm -hmm. Uh, because it's based on your loyalties you have to pick one of your three you can choose aligned or opposing or Mm -hmm. you can do all three at once and choose aligned or opposing you just won't know which ones are which Okay, I mean, it, from the sounds of it, Shadow talks almost as much as Riley. So her talking with Russo gives seems to give him enough time to just run down the list and uh, <laughs> see where they match up. All right. Uh, so there is a moderate uh, synergy with heroism. Uh, there is no synergy with Victoria. Oh, thank God! <laughs> <laughs> no, strong synergy with Victoria. <laughs> yeah, he's um, got he's got more of a synergy with Victoria than you. <laughs> I just kill myself. That'd be, uh, <laughs> fucking what a twist! I'd be so pissed. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, and there's a uh, faint synergy with swordplay or swordsmanship. Great, good, good, good. I am satisfied. Okay. And I honestly think that moderate is the highest level of synergy or of opposition that anybody has detected thus far through the campaign. Mmm. <laughs> neat. Okay. Well, the shadow is going to go to her room. Who is going to her room with her? Um, probably Void and Freedom. Okay. And no, Freedom will stay out. Just Void. Okay. Then I will disappear. Poof, motherfuckers. But, uh, general question, out of game question, when you disappear into your room for when we sleep, do we have a way of contacting you in case we get attacked? No. Awesome. You're the best. (laughs) Um, (laughs) When she vanishes, though, you can all make uh, perception checks. Ooh, a meaty 26. Uh, A slightly meatier 28. Pretty meaty, sis. Okay, so, um, Brock, uh, Riley, you would not notice, but Brock, you would notice that when she vanishes, a small, black, very difficult to see butterfly, um, appears in her place and flutters away and lands on a nearby tree, uh, camouflaging itself. You would not have noticed it had you not actually seen it flying. Have I never seen this before? I do not believe so. Um, let me go poke it. <laughs> uh, it at, at your approaching, it flutters away. Oh, lands on another tree. But it does stay nearby. A strange thing does happen for you, though, Shadow. Um, after you're in your room, uh, after like 15, 20 seconds, uh. You feel like the walls of the room kind of like shift a little bit. It's not like loud or disturbing or anything, but they do kind of just like almost like flex because the walls are like made out of butterfly wing, basically. Should just look at Void and shrug her shoulders and be like, oh, that, that has not happened before. That is a new thing. Hmm. He shrugs. I don't know anything about it. I did not say you knew. I said it is new. I thought that you should know. Good to know. Maybe... Meditation. Figure it out. 
we we have to do the meditations and prayers anyway before we go. Okay. And he will sit down. Brock will continue to pursue this butterfly. Um, it continues to flutter away from you. Make me another perception check. Can I? Can Riley notice Brock stumbling around the campsite trying to poke at things on trees? Uh, twenty-eight again. Okay, it flutters up into a leafy area among the trees, and uh, you lose sight of it. But yes, uh, it'd be fairly obvious to watch Brock just like going from tree to tree, following something. Brock, are you drunk? <laughs> Brock would just kind of look at Riley and he would say, "Drunk? No. What? What are you doing?" Well, when Shadow used her ability that she has to disappear as she does, it left behind some kind of butterfly, it seems. That fits thematically, but I haven't noticed anything. Well, it went up there. It doesn't seem to like when I get close to it, though. Brock, are you trying to pull one over on me? Is this revenge for all those stories I keep telling about you? Oh. Later no? on, Mark is like, ha 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 ha. Riley believed in a butterfly. What a fucking. <laughs> we just go into a tavern and I'm telling the story of how Riley's a dumbass <laughs> believed in butterflies. <laughs> he would just look at you and he said, No, I, I don't think I would do such a thing. It seems rather pointless. Okay, well, where is it now? Uh, he would kind of point to the tree where he lost it. And he would say, it, As I said, it doesn't seem to like when. Uh, when I approached it, so it went up there. That's oddly convenient, Brock. I suppose so, yes. They're gonna poof out of that room and fall out of a tree. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there, are, there are several more rumbles over the next probably like 30 seconds, Shadow, and then uh, it stops. Well, like, she fully believes she's, all, she's completely safe in this room, you know. Her goddess gave her this room so she'd be safe. So, like, she would take note of it, think, okay, it's a little strange, but, like, she, she's sure she's safe. She's going to say her prayers, do her meditation, and then cuddle up the wood and go to sleep. All right. Brock's just going to kind of look at Riley. They do distrust me? No, and to be honest, I don't really know you for one for playing games like this. So I suppose I believe you as funny and interesting as it would be if you were trying to pull one over on me. Well, then I suppose I will keep that in mind. <laughs> he just goes to Petunia, has a giant, like, sack shaped like a one, like an intricately shaped one, to pull over Riley's head as he slowly smothers him in his sleep. Oh, uh, that, that reminds me. Is the quarterling with us? <laughs> yes, in fact. Uh, you were not sure until you actually got to camp and started making it. As she uh, she crawled out of someone's backpack, and <laughs> oh, that's she, delightful. She seems, to be, she seems to be more or less accompanying Diara, right? Because they can actually talk to each other. Yes. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, awesome. Good to know. Good to know. I'm assuming uh, Petunia is looking healthy and better and all that. Yeah, she she's looking much better. Perfect. Um. So, like, upon realizing that, Riley's going to completely lose interest in whatever Brock's doing because it's not a game. He completely lost the butterfly. There's nothing else there. But he will go uh, uh, just, like, 
check out the Quarterling uh, Express through uh, Diara, right? Mm-hmm. That uh, he's happy the uh, Petunia is doing okay and all that. Since this is the first time Riley's really had an interaction with the Quarterling. Yeah, she she's uh, looking quite a bit better. She expresses her thanks for to to you and Lee for getting her the fuck out of and, and expressly getting her the fuck out of Goblin Town. Yes, and she she hopes they all rot in hells. Oh yeah, I mean, uh, Riley is going to not mention the uh, the boon Leaf gave them and just kind of let her uh, have her. Uh, little bit of anger but he will point to, if leaf hasn't noticed he's an elf he has keen eyes and ears i'm sure he has but if he hasn't riley's going to point out that hey petunia is in our company okay i mean as long as she's getting on okay he can't really talk to her so you know just gonna kind of she's not like a child or anything so he's just gonna kind of let her do her own thing okay so uh, then time for watches comes around and oh look, what a coincidence. It's Riley and Russo. Wow. Fancy that. Time for a little R and <laughs> I thought of the joke, I held back. <laughs> you thought of the joke and you just jumped in. <laughs> I don't think Sean knows what holding back means. I think Sean always jumps in. And with that, everybody, we'll come back next time with a few private conversations. One between Russo and Riley, and one between Void and Shadow. Hi there, my name's Don. I'm a proud patron of this podcast you just listened to. I'd like to take a moment to talk about some of the projects that I work on. When I'm not listening to Tracy, Sean, and the rest of the gang tell wonderful stories using the Pathfinder rules, I like to make podcasts of my own. I'm the GM in the Starfinder Homebrew Adventure Hexgrid Heroes. On the other side of the GM screen, I play Cory in Pokemon Seicho and Peleus in Ashes and Allomancy. I also like to sit around and talk with my friends about how horror movies can be used in a haunted house setting, and for that, check out Fountain of Fear. All of these podcasts can be found at hexgridheroes.com. Hey everyone, thank you for listening to this episode. I'm Brian, I run Action Forge, a tabletop RPG YouTube channel where we dive into all sorts of topics. If you want to learn more, head over there and check it out. Also, if you want updates on all my various projects and some awesome tabletop RPG memes, go ahead and check me out over at Twitter where I'm at Action Forge. Good day, this is Dick Horney. Inviting you to explore the world of Dustress, a unique homebrew setting within an Elder's Dream Games universe. Come along as the Hive Queen leads a gambler. Cowboy motherfucker with six shooter. I ain't never moved cattle in my life. I am a gambler. A Native American. He he doesn't have a lifetime of eating processed food, so he probably is actually quite regular. And a Detroit teenager. Okay, so we're rolling into... Elves, aliens, and troll dolls. Through discovery of new magical abilities, struggle with the reality of unknown gods, and maybe learn a little bit about themselves along the way. Visit Eldritch Dream and Dustress Podcast on Twitter for details. They took to the stars and became stars. So it says here you're from another galaxy? 
Yeah, Milky Way. I don't think I'm ever going to get used to saying that. A band that influenced entire galaxies. Sector 8, let's make some... Until their inevitable downfall. Fuck you, and fuck you too, Switzerland. Thanks for having my fucking back. Now, 20 years later, they find themselves unpleasantly reunited. James, what are you doing here? We had an entire motherfucking galaxy and you show up on this place. In a place where things are not what they expected. One of our staff members just happened to go missing this morning and uh, I kind of had to... Travis? I understand. Why but, the uh, fuck do you have a guitar? <laughs> LCP D&D presents Odyssey, a musical actual play adventure set in space using the Savage World system. Listen in by searching for LCP D&D on your favorite podcast platform or find us at lcpdnd.com. A hero once arose to save the world from a darkness that smothered the land. He failed. For a thousand years since, the world has been a wasteland of ash and mist, oppressed by an immortal emperor, the Lord Ruler. Every attempt at rebellion has failed miserably, yet hope remains. Two brothers learning to harness the metal-fueled magic known as Allomancy. Their aim? tip the scales in the war against evil. Ashes and Allomancy is an actual play TTRPG podcast using the Savage Worlds rule set and is part of the Hexgrid Heroes podcast network. If you would like to become a patron, check us out on patreon.com forward slash Dream. Also, if you like the show, give us a review on iTunes. You can also find us in the Hive, that's our Discord, link in the description below. You can also find a link to our merch on SoNerdware.com. And find us on Twitter at EldritchDream, at EternaP, and at Dustress Podcast. And until next time, everybody, may the Elder Gods haunt your dreams.